Welcome everybody to episode number seven. Hello. Of the Zyola podcast. How are you, bro? I'm all right. You're all right. A bit nervous today. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I got really drunk last time. <laughs> let's be honest. I don't know whether to apologise or be proud. I think you should be proud because when I listen back to it, you were way more together than I thought you were on the night. So I think it's good. I think it's good. A little bit of alcohol. Come on. Everyone talks shit when they're drunk, and you were talking a lot of sense. So. Gas on, get me a beer. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, we have a guest today, a friend of yours, Tebo. Yeah, Tebo's a long-time friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met many, many moons ago on the west coast of France surfing. Ooh, nice. Um, at that time, he was a business major at the mm-hmm. VUB. He's, he's Belgic from Brussels. He's, uh, he's Flemish. Belge, right. which means he's from the north. Yep. At that point in his life, he was a business major at the yep. university, which I think, you know, his parents, a doctor, yeah. can't remember what his mum was, but a doctor, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, encouraged him to go into business studies, cool. uh, which he did, more for them, for himself. So oh, we, we all do that. Uh, we all, we all do that. So, so uh, once he finished that, he then uh, wanted to do something for himself, so he did philosophy. Right. For a couple of years. Cool. Um, and then he came out the other end and um, decided to become an actor. Awesome. awesome. Uh, he's worked very hard over many, many years and he's done a lot of uh, big parts. But he's, he's a theatre and uh, and film actor. Awesome. Quite well known. Yeah, yeah, cool. He's, he's big in Belgian people. Big <laughs> in Belgium. All right, cool. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> but what we like to do before our guests come in is just talk a little bit of crap. So I was thinking this week that um, a couple of different things. So I had a little bit of a, a discovery. Um, I've been on holidays the last few weeks from work. So I got given a copy of Dirt on vinyl uh, for Christmas from my son. And um, I took a photo of the back of it because uh, I found it quite interesting that the track listing on the vinyl, you have a look at that, is different from the original CD. Um, so you, you have a look at, at Down in a Hole is like fourth or fifth track. Um, when you look at the track listing on the CD, Down in a Hole I think is the second last track. So they've obviously had to move it around to get it to fit onto the, vinyl. On, onto the single disc vinyl. And it got me thinking, how many other albums are there, obviously older ones, that are like that? Mm like albums that they've made and then gone and they've, they've gone okay yeah this is you know the artist has gone this is the order i want it to run blah 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 because it all flows together mm. and then it's come to manufacturing they're going we can't do that we have to change this track to here and move that to there to get it to fit 
Because as we talked before, I mean, every artist is just trying to tell yeah, their story. Yeah, tell their, their story. But how many great albums that you go, oh my God, that flows together so well, was actually not a, a matter of that, but was a matter of necessity to get it to fit on the vinyl. How many legendary albums could, could have been completely different or maybe not legendary at all because the artist got it wrong and the guy that made the record got it right. <laughs> You know, True. it's not like you know. I don't, no, we don't need to have a big conversation about that. But that was uh, something quite interesting and odd. But what I did want to talk to you about today is uh, covers, mm. and a lot of the time, me personally, I don't play a lot of covers because I like to play my stuff, and a lot of my you know, artistic endeavour is finding a sound that doesn't sound like what other people play. Sure. So I don't play a lot of other people's stuff because I find it interferes with my writing. It's not an egotistical thing of, like, I'm too good to play that. I just think it's been done. I don't need to redo it. Um, but some of my favourite songs of some of my favourite artists are covers of other people's things. And usually when it's like that, I actually like the cover better than the original. Mm. Now, I'll probably get into a lot of trouble saying this. Are you going to give me a top five here? I'm going to give you a, a couple. A couple to think about in terms of, you know, to get you in the right headspace would be um, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. Prince. Prince. Uh, what's that Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You from the Bodyguard movie? Mm -hmm. Dolly Parton wrote that. That was originally one of her songs. Um, the one that, that for me is, I actually really like the, the cover better than the original is War Pigs. Faith No More, which is originally Black Sabbath. Sabbath yeah. Not that I don't like the Black Sabbath, I just think that Faith No More cover of it is really, really good. Could the same be said about Easy? Again, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're a bit of the kings of the covers, you know? Like, they used to do... Um, I remember when they came out here on their first tour, I think they did a live thing at Triple J. Mm. And, you know, they were throwing in New Kids on the Block and Madonna and, you know, as in intros to their songs. And, but, yeah, they, they do those, that, you know, they did Easy and a few well, other I mean, things like that. Well, I mean, in that sense, you've got to take your hat off to Triple J with, like, a version. Yeah. What's that, 22 years now? Something like that, and yeah. And it's, it's yeah. an honour for artists to come in and, um, you know, do it their way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's, a, it's, a, it's an it's some great YouTube clips of that you know from 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 those sessions which is good that's you know like we we talk about on this podcast the differences with with analog and digital and you know the way the world is now and that's a definite advantage because they can film that put that straight up on on oh, youtube and it's pure. just it's accessible straight away to people which is you know one of the bonuses of um of, uh, of, of that sort of stuff. The other reason I got, got to thinking about this was the last time I was here um, and you were playing me the Concrete Blonde cover of Tomorrow Wendy, which was... Andy Preboy. Andy Preboy, but was probably a bigger hit for Co Concrete Blonde. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's about How many albums of Andy Preboy do you have? <laughs> None. In fact, how many albums does anybody out there have of Andy Preboy? There's probably some people that do, you know, but yeah, no, I've only ever heard the only ever heard Concrete Blonde's version of that that song. Mm. I can't say I've ever 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 heard the original. They also did a, uh, and it's a B side to something. I can't remember what it is, but they covered uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, the ship song. Oh, really? Very, really very, very good yeah. yeah her darkness in the voice yeah she's fantastic she can't match it with Nick let's be honest no. but uh, no well, he's got a, he's got a particular tone 
to his voice that's very individual, you know. Whereas, yeah, it would what, take the death rattle. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. Oh, is that Tom Waits sort of, you know, real guttural verve to his to his vocals that yeah you, you'd be hard hard pressed to imitate, let alone beat mm. beat in, in in that sort of thing. So. So yeah, well, you posed this question to me during the week, so I've had a I've had a fair think about it. Yeah. Um, I probably could have come up with a with a lot more. But I'd have to say, covers done better. Um, Jeff Buckley, Hallelujah, yeah, Cohen, yeah, yeah. Lennon's nice, but it's more—it's more like he's reading poetry. And it, it's more of—it sounds more of a of a gospel tune, the the Leonard Cohen version. Oh, absolutely, know? yeah, absolutely. Whereas it's it's much more of a swampy sort of a blues sound that, that Jeff Buckley gets across that whole album anyway which is you know but yeah that that, that song and his voice on that is I mean it's, you know, it's a little bit gay for me to say it but it's angelic he does have a a real angelic voice oh, you know so, or did have unfortunately yeah the, the other one that I was thinking about and this is this is a bit of an interesting one is um, Johnny Cash um, because he's he's done he did the whole album yeah Rusty Cage and, and things that you, you would not expect that version of Rusty Cage is one of my favourites. That's like, mm. yeah, that's such a, and just just because he really just implants himself on the song. Mm. It's not like okay, I need to match Chris Cornell or I've got to, you know, hit those guitar parts. He just took the lyrics and the basic bones of the song and went, we'll do a Johnny Cash style, mm. you know, which that 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 to me is a real cover. Like if you're taking what someone else has done and just repeat it they do it better anyway because they wrote it pretty much you know like if you're taking it and reinterpreting it and putting your own you know artistic spin on it i think that's 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 a good thing Mm. because it is reinventing the wheel kind of thing but you know like if you just ad hoc Repeat what someone else has done. <laughs> yeah, just grab your ladder and stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, on Chris Cornell, yeah, I saw him do his solo gig at uh, the Opera House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a bunch of covers, and he changed them up every night. The night that I saw him, he did uh, he did a f- unbelievable version of Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. Yeah, right. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely but, nailed it. But would have reworked it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't moonwalking across the stage. You know, I, don't, I don't think he's uh, tight black jeans and, um, you know, 16 hole uh, Doc Martens would allow him to moonwalk. No. He just stood there with his guitar and just belted out a tune and filled that room with his voice. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. He, he covered a Sinead O'Connor. He covered a U2 song, I want to say. Yeah. I don't know. I was a bit caught up in the moment. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but the the Billie Jean cover. Yeah, very good. Look, and, and I've heard it, I've heard it on the radio. So it's oh, out, really? it's out there somewhere. Oh, I have heard it on out. the radio. It's out there somewhere. Definitely worth a look. Yeah. Um, we spoke this week because you got a copy of Miscellaneous Debris, one of my yeah. favourites, which is just a covers album. Yeah. Primus. Yeah. But their cover of um, Have a Cigar by that one there, people. Pink Floyd. Yeah. Which is a great tune for the. The content matter of it. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds Primus. It sounds Primus. Yeah. 
those long drawn out uh, bass chords, ooh, they yeah. send shivers up my spine. It was yeah. the first time I heard it was watching a snowboard film, Vulcan, yeah, right. Vulcan uh, yeah. film, and the best snowboarder at the time was Terry Hawkinson, and um, in one of those long drawn out bass, what would you call that? A slide, slide, bass yeah. slides. And we they, get that, mm, yeah, sliding down they the timed neck. it to him yeah. coming up out of the half pipe ever so casually and then 180 nose pressing down the coping to that until it finished and they just ollied back into nice. the half pipe it was just like oh. so it's just it's also magical editing oh yeah magical editing yeah magical editing yeah and that i mean that must be cool for you as a as a as a filmmaker too to be able to see someone that puts that much thought Oh, 100%. Into the making sure that those those visuals match match with the music that's coming, you know. Yeah, it's well, it's the art form of it. That's a that's a true artist. Yeah, you know, taking their shots and what they've created and timing it to someone else's emotions. Yeah, did you ever have um, like when you were filming something, mm. would would stuff come to you straight away? Like, oh, I oh, could th- yeah. I could think of that. Yeah, that that track's going to go well with that footage or. Oh, yeah. Is it something as, that you discover later in the editing uh, as process? As happening or? on the mountain, yeah. When I was yeah. filming, I'd be coming up with things in my head and thinking, yeah. oh, you know, what could work to this, you know? Yeah. So the classic that a lot of snowboard uh, filmmakers use was uh, Run to the Hill Slayer. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How could you not? <laughs> but once you hear it, it's hard to get it out of your head. So, yeah. when, you know, when someone's bombing down a huge line on a mountain, you're just thinking, oh, <laughs> kill me now. Or that just, was just that was one of the things that put a like, collar when, on me and make me a sheep. <laughs> when I was um, a lot younger and watching a lot of Bones Brigade videos and skate because I was you know really into skating when I was younger. That that that's one thing they did really well that they didn't um, have a lot of mainstream music in their in their f- videos. Mm. Like Stacey Peralta didn't have, it wasn't like. Okay, yeah, you've got the whatever the latest rock thing is, and put that, and have the guy skating, and you know, I mean, they had uh, what's his name, Johnny Rad, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the in the in the club, singing "Skate and Destroy," and you know, and you, you can actually buy that as a soundtrack now, which is yeah. But I mean, my cool. early, all my early catalog music all came from surf movies. Yeah. So, uh, standing in the shower, thinking Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Ozone. Yeah. Um, well, remember we spoke com- spoke to your brother about Ganga Jang. Ganga Jang from Mad Wax. Yeah. Concrete Blonde out of um, the Pump, a Billabong, uh, Marco Colupo movie. Yeah. Um, no effects. Yeah. Could go on, but I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Tell me just quickly, like because we're going to get T-Bow in in a sec. Mm. Um, Tool. Were they ever on a? When I first heard of Tool, right, which was. I'm going to say 92. Mm. I was told they were a surfer's band. What? Did they come through on any videos or, or anything like that? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I imagine yeah. they were being a California band. Yeah. It's an association that they're a surfer band. Yeah. Well, I know with, with James, like Perry Farrell surfs and, and, you know, there's footage of him in, in on that the, the Gift movie. Mm-hmm. Of him surfing and, and stuff like that, but yeah, well, the, um, I mean it's always going to have an influence if you're a California band anyway. That sure, you know, sure. that that sort of skating or surfing. But 
Yeah, I'd always, I'd always, I meant to ask you that because I'd always heard that they, oh, you know, yeah, waxheads are really into the into tool. I don't and, know you know. how I came up with tool. I'm wondering if you put me onto them or it was just, you know, the progression of the music that I was. It was one of they were one of those bands that all of a sudden everyone was listening to them. Mm. And no, no, you've got to hear this. You have to hear this. You have, to, especially undertow. Like I didn't really hear opiate until much later. You know, probably the, the mm. you know, it was probably one of the later things that I heard, but. Undertow especially was, yeah, it just seemed to, to gravitate mm. and, and come from nothing and then all of a sudden it was there. You know, and I, c- I couldn't tell you who played it for me first or, you know, I remember with the, f- the first time I listened to Dirt, I remember the first time I listened to, to Ritual Tool, mm. they just organically seemed to come out of the ground. Mm, mm. And that's, I always wanted to ask you that because that's, that's what I'd heard was, no, no, they're a waxhead band, and you know all the surface are listening to them, and blah 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 blah. I can't remember you know. to be honest. No, no I can't put my finger on one thing. My brother would know. Yeah, probably. Oh, next time I chat to him, I'll, I'll have to ask him. Mm. So I think our guest is here. Do you hear the knock? Oh, we should get him in. And it's, it's, um, it's, 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 he must be foreign. European, <laughs> I'd say that 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 knock. You can tell. You, you can, can tell. tell. <laughs> you can tell. And welcome back, everyone, to the Zyola podcast. We have our guest today, Thibaut. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming, giving up your day, and uh, have a little chat to us. All right. Um, quick correction. Yeah. It's not Slayer, bro. It's, it's Iron Maiden, Run to the Hills. It was close. Come it on, it was definitely I mean, in the ballpark, and we don't... But you know what it is? The yeah. Slayer fucking posters everywhere at the moment. Yeah. I've just got Slayer on the brain. Well, they're, they're, it's their final world tour they're never coming back again good, so good riddance to them oh don't say that come on man I love them they're great it's alright that's where our differences lie yeah but <laughs> there's got to be a time yeah you know oh, their time was, was put the, put the slippers know. under the bed you old flock yeah but you, they're, they're, yeah, they're still good I still ah. like them but anyway Iron Maiden Run to the Hills not Slayer there you go. Look, we don't we don't check a lot of things. It just you you knew you'd slipped up on that one, so that's all right. I did. That's all right. So I don't know how much Andrew's told you about what we like to talk about on the podcast, but our main interest is we want to discuss music that you listen to when you're a teenager. Yeah, um, about it. yeah, and we've had a we've had a few international guests in, and it, it's interesting for me to hear what your perspective was on it. I don't know, how, how old are you now? I'm forty seven. Forty seven. So you're only three years older than me. So you know we're pretty similar age. Um, and what you were listening to uh, when you were say between fourteen and, and twenty, and how that would different differ from. Um, us who were here in Australia, if there were bands that you listened to that we would ne- maybe never heard of, or if there we were listening to the same things, or you know, and and what sort of effect um, that music had on you, and and is there stuff that you listen to now that you listen to back it's when you were a teenager? Pretty obvious effect, no? I'm wearing a yellow t-shirt. You wear <laughs> that kind of music. All that right, kind of music. Yeah, it's in sweet. about thirty years, you'll be wearing a yellow t-shirt. <laughs> Don't listen to it. <laughs> nah, that's all good. So when you get, just give us a, you know, you're born in Belgium. Yeah, yeah born in Belgium. Yeah. I met uh, Andrew uh, in in 1993, I guess. Yeah, in Oslo, surfing down in Biarritz, French coast. Yeah. And uh, and we had the, the beers together, the talks and the, the beep. 
and uh, well, that's how. Uh, and then he came over a couple of times in Belgium, and I always uh, promised him I was going to come. And my f my son is is twenty now. He's working uh, up north uh, here, and I'm here to visit him, and yeah. that's why I'm I'm visiting Andrew as well. Yeah, cool. So that's cool. That's first right. time in Australia. First, that's good for you. First time. Yeah. yeah. How are you finding it? Good. Great, spending my dollar, you know, yeah. <laughs> wonderful. It's easy to do. <laughs> it's not hot enough, it could be no. warmer. Yeah, yeah, well today's not too bad, but it ha has been nice, but yeah, the southerly's coming, unfortunately. Uh, it's going to cool down a bit before it gets hot again, but that's all good. So, when you were a teenager, what, what, what sort of stuff would you listen to? Oh, because I, I know, like for me, as a, a, when I was a teenager, I specifically cl classified myself as okay. I, I listened to. I, I sort of defined who I was by what I listened to. All right. You yeah. know. So yeah, yeah. We, we, was 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 music a big like I know with Andrew and talking to his brother and and you know surfing. We were just talking before about surf videos and and music that you know you uh, you guys picked up on. Watching those videos, yeah, a lot about how long the music came from watching surf movies. And yeah, stuff like yeah. That. What, what, what would you have been listening to when you know, 15, 16 year, years of age? Yeah, well, when I was 15, 16, the, the second uh, skate wave arrived in, in Belgium. You had the first skate wave in the 70s, you know, yeah. with those plastic boards and everything. And then we have the second wave with uh, the guys like uh, Christian Hossoy and yeah. a whole bunch. Bones Brigade, and, and, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I was still. I think when I was 14, 15, I was still listening to, you know, I'm the son of a doctor, so we listened to classical music. Yeah. So I was into uh, Tchaikovsky, which got me into my first LP, which was Jerry Lee Lewis. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then from Jerry Lee Lewis, I jumped over to, I don't know why, but to The Cramps. You remember that yellow yeah. album? Yeah. I went to The Cramps. And then when I was 15, 16, um, uh, I went into uh, Bad Religion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I must say, I didn't define myself. It was really to, like, you know, psych me up to get to go skating. Go skating, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of that punk stuff, especially in that, that second wave of skating, was, yeah. you know, because the, the hip hop influence came through with skating much later. Yeah. That, that er, er, early stuff was all, all about, you know, Bad Religion and, and um, yeah. Black Flag and, you know, bands like that, California skate punk. You yeah. know, or surf punk, or whatever you want to call it. You know, that yeah. that that sort of stuff. Is there anything that you would lis still listen to now that you listen to back? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because like you said, there's one. I mean, I had that moment when 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 music suddenly defined who I was. Yeah. And that's when when I saw, well, um, Nirvana. Yeah. It smells like Teen Spirit. It yeah. Just went like I mean, I remember seeing it on TV, uh, in a little uh, uh, city, outside of Brussels. You know, humid, cold, everything, you know, everything like a little square. Yeah. And then I saw this on TV, I just called my sister and said, that's what I mean. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. I was just like mind blown. That was um, such a universal wow. feeling with that song, you know, because I remember feeling... Oh, the dancing, yeah. yeah, the video, how the people were, something, you know, like, like uh, this kind of, yeah. Really, little edge. finger, yeah, a bit of an edge to it. Well, you did you think that the, 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 the heavier music that was around just before that was Guns N' Roses or Poison or you know, the really the, the mascara wearing lipstick, big hair, glam and metal. yeah, glam rock, glam metal, and yeah, that's the that's the thing, yeah, it was yeah. a bit like, yeah. 
<laughs> but that when that especially that song. Drink drink your wine with your little pinky in the air. <laughs> and that's not what happened with uh, with Nirvana it was like because I got back into thanks to Nirvana I got into uh, Metallica later on because yeah. you got a yeah, master yeah. puppets and all that and yeah. that was one of my defining albums as well yeah well, Sanitarium is like yeah. wow I still listen to it yeah that's a, a great album like one of the like I Metallica I'll listen up to the Black Album and nothing past that nope because it was even the Black Album's a little bit oh there's mm. some tracks on that that are a little bit too yeah too far but every you know Unjustice for All and you know Kill Em All and, and all it. of that yeah. yeah it was fantastic albums yeah that's mm-hmm. good and um yeah I'm in I'm in it's good it's good it's good it's good, <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> you're in the circle now that's it that's it and uh and so what, what uh, Andrew was saying that you, you're an actor yeah yeah, yeah. and you still now do you full time acting or yeah 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 Slowly, yeah. but surely. Yeah. Surely, yeah. Mainly at home, or you do international stuff, or? Uh, I'm doing more and more international stuff, yeah. Yeah? Because, like, yeah, the, to get the money around in, Bel- in, in, in Belgium is really difficult. We're about 10 million people. Yeah. So to make uh, good projects, they, they like to take uh, different investors. And then we, and, well, you know, we do, like, European projects. Yeah. So but you're you're multilingual, so you can cross over into the French. Yeah, your, your English yeah. is impeccable. Your accents you do in English uh, keep me highly amused <laughs> constantly. Um, and your German's not bad either. Yeah, love it. It will. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. It's such a precise language. It is so driven by. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, anyways, <laughs> we're just trying to give our audience a bit of a feel of who you are. Yeah, okay. So there's a, a couple of questions that we um, like to ask everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything? I can't say what we're listening to on the way here because you're staying here. So, uh, what, what were you listening to this morning? Anything? Oh well, uh, uh, actually, every country I go to, uh, when, I, when I, I always try to get uh, to, to um, gather music, you know, as fast as possible. Things yeah. I who are close to the person I'm visiting with, yeah. and, uh, I'm visiting or I'm, I'm spending my time with and have a relationship with. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I can understand better what he's yeah. listening to. And right now it's it's like music uh, Andrew is uh, listening to uh, at this point. You know? Yeah. So it's like a, a gangs of youth. Yeah. Um, gangs yeah. uh, What was the other one? Jamie T. Uh, the Frames. Bands I never heard. Yeah. Glenn Hansen. Yeah. I liked that one a lot. So we yeah. we, we had a we had two day road trip down the south coast. Oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And so I, I mean, I just put on my mixtape of what I've been listening to. So we had that in the car, and <clears throat> subliminally he's been sleeping in the car, so that's been soaking <laughs> in to be soaking in. And then we'd be yeah. awake driving somewhere else, and I'd be playing yeah. again. And yes. I really like this. This yeah, is like yeah. really good. Yeah, because you, you you guys still have some guitar in your music, you know. Mm. We we have a lot of bands now where the the, the guitar is produced out. Yeah, they, they could just do it electronically. You know? Yeah, we got some good Belgian bands, and, but and they're not. And as a bass player too, they do that a lot, and they've been doing that for a long time. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, do it on a keyboard and then just bury it in the mix. You know. That's like, well, that's as you were saying. There's a lot of good Belgian bands. When I first met you, I didn't know anything about Belgian music, and then. 
after multiple visits to Tecumseh, I mean, we went out all the time to see different bands, and you really opened up a porthole to bands I would never, ever get to listen to who weren't mainstream, weren't cracky on the international scale, but they were just there underlying. They were making it in certain little places, but, um, I mean, Deus is, is one of the biggest ones, obviously, and yeah. then the spin-off arms of that, of um, what's the leads, uh, Zita Swoon now? Yeah, Zita Swoon. Yeah, which was which became no, at first it was, was Moondog Jr. Jr. and then he went to Tuesday to Swoon. Uh, but actually, there's one much bigger band, but we never talked about that one. It's uh, but it was very famous in the in the eighties in the states. It was you could always find uh, find T-shirts in Treasure Magazine, you know, Skate Magazine. Yeah, yeah. It's Front Two for Two. Front Two for Two. Front Two for Two. They're which Belgian. Is a Belgian band. Yeah, right. Ah, yeah. Didn't know that. Which is you know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a like end of the eighties we had like the whole uh, new beat new beat scene, which influenced all the guys, uh, the techno and rave guys uh, down in uh, in England. Yeah. So uh, we had a big, big uh, Euro- uh, Belgian uh, yeah, electronic music scene. Mm-hmm. And still we have well we have we have some some other bands you, you haven't heard of, which bands bands like Soul Wax, the guys who are doing now who are doing too many DJs. Too many DJs right now, and uh, Balthazar. Balthazar is a band. Balthazar, you were telling me about that the really other day. Good, yeah. They're used to that really good, and yeah, and I mean they had two very good albums, mm. and now it's like you know, but it's all, it's all more uh, you know, Belgian style. Mm. Well, interestingly enough, the the young son of the family I work for in France was a bass player. I remember, I tried to put you in contact to do a bit of English with him. He actually is out of one of uh, Brussels' biggest commercial radio bands coming out called Puggy, P-U-G-G-Y. He's the bass player of that, and they are massive, yeah. massive. They do all, all the TV shows. They play concerts to sold out, you know, arenas and stuff uh, through uh, Belgium and France. Yeah. Uh, they sing in English. Damn. Um, they're, and they're That's huge. why I never watched. Yeah, I yeah. don't watch TV. I don't have a TV. They're like five albums in oh, and, yeah. and winning like awards, music awards and stuff like that. They've mm. done very well. Three guys, uh, one French, one Swedish, one English, all went to the international school in Brussels. All right. And met there and uh, and went on. Um, I knew him as the sixteen-year-old kid who'd sit in the you know basement of the chalet just slapping away on his bass for hours and hours on All end. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it paid off, you know. Okay. They're doing. How's the beer? The beer's delicious. Yeah. Um. For those, uh, my, my friend Timo has brought me a uh, Westman. For. Uh, Do you don't want any? No, no, no. I'm good. I have to drive. I have to be sensible. Yeah. Let me get a photo of that. Yeah, mates, made by monks. Our monks, our religious uh, man, they make spirits, of course. So it's called, they make uh, beer in our country. Uh, Pray, uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> drink some beer. Uh, praise the Lord. Drink some beer. Trappist. I'm a bit it's stressed. A drink some beer. Yeah. It's a triple. Yeah. So it's an alcohol content of 9.5%. Oh, that'll do well in Australia. Come on. I know. That's going to be a good show. Yeah. In about five <laughs> minutes, it's going to start hitting you. Well, I'm a quarter way through. I had one sip, but it's kind of like, you know... Uh, it's like the scene in the movie when the guy takes the ecstasy or the cocaine and all of a sudden like the, the pupils dilate and everything opens up and the awe comes into it. As soon as I could sip of the beer, I was a bit like, well, hello. Uh, <laughs> um, tell me, do you remember um, what 
the first gig that you went to where you had to save the money for yourself and go like as a teenager not, not something your parents would take you to or anything like that but the first concert you went to where you had to you know line up save your money get the ticket and you could go with you and your friends yeah prong prong yeah yeah prove you wrong album yeah uh, first time on stage uh, head bang uh, next to the to the singer nice. jumping off oh yeah, stage driving yeah yeah, yeah. Sweet. it was full on yeah for the rest I tried to go to uh, free, free concerts yeah but that was the one that was the one that was the one yeah how old were you 17 17 yeah, yeah. I'm a slow starter yeah, but those, you know what, that, 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 and we've, we've, we've asked that question pretty much everyone that's come in, and that, um, that's such a big experience when you have to do it all yourself. It's, it's a real sort of, in terms of, I'm going to sound like a wanker, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, musical growth within yourself and growing up as a person, it's a huge step. Coming, coming of age, and oh, I've got to, you know, it's not, not something I can ask my parents for, a, I'm sure there are people that do, but that for me it was, you know, like, I've got to save the money. I'm going to work, do my Thursday night job, get my money, go and line up at eight in the morning at Grace Brothers car park up in Bondi Junction and, you came know, up, came sporting up. section. Yeah, working away. But I can't imagine uh, Dr. Pringle um, giving you the money to see a band called Prom. My dad, no, no, no. <laughs> no. He listens to uh, the BBC. Yeah. He listens to the BBC. He's not into. Uh, he used to have some jazz albums, but that's a long time ago. He stuffed that in some. Uh, yeah. Stuffed that in the corner. Yeah. yeah. He, he dumped that old corpse. Yeah. And he's not even going to pray anymore to that to that cross. You know, no. just, it's dead. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. And you have. We I guess we call it a bit of a a, a secret passion but do you have something that you would listen to that possibly you don't want people to know about a bit of a secret <laughs> you know maybe a bit of spice girls or something you know ah, stuff like that what, no, what's something I, I love i love listening to um to uh, in europe our, uh, some of our actors are, are doing uh poetry reading all right loud yeah and we, there's this one german guy he's got the voice, like I mean, for me, yeah, like like a sort of Adolf Hitler, but he's doing su super nice poetry. Yeah, right. So you have like silence, and then you have this German voice going, like, "Ja, ich die Nachten kommen zu Hause." Yeah, stuff like that. I can't do it right now. But I love that. Yeah, yeah. Just is it is it, is it because I only listen to it. What he's long. saying is is different from the the it accent that he puts on my hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's you feel uh, the breathing and the body and the, you know it's it's pretty difficult to to you have to experience it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean it's still the best, you know, no yeah. sound and just uh, the voice. Just the voice. That's something. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that secret I told everybody now. <laughs> That's alright. He'll thank you. Yeah. When his iTunes and, sales go um, up. Uh, I must say uh, the first the first women the first women I ever loved was uh, uh, no, well media uh was was through music with was uh whitney houston no you just yeah know, yeah yeah we were talking about her just before we're talking before about about covers you know like yeah. and, and covers that where the cover becomes more successful than the original and we were talking about whitney houston you know the from the bodyguard and 
Yeah. Uh, that that song was originally by Dolly Parton. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. I will yeah. always love you, and you yeah, know, she she'd already, but that didn't really yeah. become super. I mean, it was a well-known song for her, but didn't blow up internationally until Whitney Houston did it. Yeah. Now the other one that I was thinking of when you mentioned um, Michael Jackson was that Alien Ant Farm who did that. Mm. They're not known for anything else. else but that. Anything else, but that. I mean, they toured here on that single. You yeah. know, and they would they 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 played that, and I think everyone left. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm pretty sure they did the big day out or or, or one of those. You know, well, like interesting. We um, as a team, do his first gig at the Enmore Theatre last time. Oh, that's right. You guys went to see um, Mumford and, Mumford and Sons. Sons. Yeah, yeah, they did a they played the stadium on Friday night, and then they did a you know a more personal gig uh, at the Enmore last night. So I was able to uh, jag us a couple of tickets to that. So. Well, then, I mean, I like Mumford and Sons. I think they're a great band, very talented, diverse within their music range. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like, you know, what they do with the banjos and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I can honestly 100% say I've never listened to any of it. I've not heard a single song, so yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for yeah. it, you know. But they, um, I mean, not only for Tim to see the uh, theatre last night, which yeah. is more we love yeah, and yeah, hear yeah. it and, and had to kind of book in a gig while he's here. So, you know, yeah. three weeks to say, right, coming Let's here go. look at this place it's amazing yeah. so we got that uh, but they did a cover on Bruce Springsteen's I'm on fire yeah awesome it was very well done yeah yeah, yeah very cool. very well done yeah yeah and I will uh, insert here I will play it I do have a um, little expert I have and a little uh, cut of it that yeah. I can uh, clip in. But, yeah, uh, and I'll put the, the video, I'll, I'll chuck that up on the Instagram as well so people can go yeah, look at that. Right, exactly. Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but you, driving home, you? sorry, driving yeah. home last night, first song that came on the cover, and we were talking about covers, was uh, A Perfect Circle doing John Lennon's Imagine. Oh, yeah, that's a good version of that <laughs> it's song. It's a good version. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a whole album they did of ah. covers. Yeah, I'll, it just I'll, it, I'll it, it randomly came it. up on my uh, on my on my rotation list, and I hadn't heard it. Before. Yeah, no, I've got the CD. I'll lend it to you so you can put it on your computer because okay. it's nice. a, it's a, a, a there was a whole after they released uh, the first the first album. No, it must have been the second after Thirteenth Step. They did two special edition CDs. One was the all the covers so they did imagine they did a, um, a devo song they did a whole, whole different bunch, bunch of things marvin gay they did as well what's going on all perfect circle style and they did another another cd of remixes you know where people had gone through and remixed all their um all their stuff you feeling good after that mate yeah I'm not <laughs> <laughs> i am it's like uh but I, I've got it in the big glass. It's a big bright amount. I'm going to go put the bottle in the fridge to keep it cold for a bit more because I can't like it. You look it. stoked, man. You look, you look really good. I'm so happy. You look like in a good place. I'm, like, I'm, I'm only half a beer through, but yeah. you triple the strength. Yeah, it's half like, a beer at, at, what is it? It's Sunday five. beer, man. It's Sunday beer. Sunday it's, beer. It's Sunday. We'll get you praying. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. It's a day of rest. That's it. Yeah. God drank beer, didn't he? Obviously. Well, this is made by monks. Well, he made it. He is yeah. beer. He's he actually is. in there as well. So. Yeah. All right, well, talk amongst yourselves while I go uh, put the rest <laughs> of my triple beer and just have a moment outside. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, think, I think you sabotaged well, him a little. Yeah, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's you what friends are it. for, right? Belgians. <laughs> <laughs> Belgian friends. Oh, dear.
Yeah. And your son's been here. He, he's been here for since months, April. Yeah. 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 Which is yeah, which, which is great. How'd you find letting him go overseas, man? Great, man. I, I, I told him to come here. Go. <laughs> Don't stay in Belgium. It's raining. <laughs> he, he didn't want to continue his studies. Was not going well. No. So he wouldn't wanted to work, and I was like, "Go to Australia, man. Go yeah. meet Andrew, and yeah. go go surf, and go live, and, and go live far away from me and your mother, and whatever." Yeah. He's alive, man. Yeah. And I saw him again like uh, three days ago, and he's doing good, man. He's yeah, he's, good. he's tanned, good looking. <laughs> he said, "Dad, I t- I toughened up." That's it. Like, okay. <laughs> cool. Take, I would try. Take it easy now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's one thing I want to do, because I had kids young. Yeah, you know I was in my early twenties, so I had no money to travel. Yeah, you know, when I was younger, it was all about kids and you know keeping them happy and fed and you know. Yeah. So yeah. now, both my kids are, well, my daughter's twenty and my son's nearly eighteen, so it's you know like cool. You guys you can go. You guys fuck yeah. off. We're going. We're going travelling now. Yeah, so you got to do it. Yeah, get out. Get it. Get it. Go and see a bit of the world. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But now, which is, I, I mean, I couldn't have afforded to do it when I was that age anyway. Now I can, I make good money. Yeah, so it's, it's still know. a budget, you know. Yeah. To come over here, but uh, you know, when you're older, you can. Yeah, you can you can swing it a bit more. I can't stay for, for three months, six months, but you know. Yeah. You can stay at nicer places though. That's it. <laughs> yeah. The do shack. That's. <laughs> Bruce Bordell, that's it. Yeah, we were talking about music, weren't we? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you. Yeah, no, I, I did listen to. Uh, what bands did your parents before you? You know, before you're fourteen, fifteen. There's always like one band your your parents listen to. That you go like, oh, I like this. Yeah. And my mother was listening to the Beach Boys. <gasps> I was gonna say the same thing. Cause right. my my mum was exactly the same. Because the beach before before I the some Elton John, but the Beach Boys. Yeah, the Beach Boys. My because my dad's a my dad's a minister, you know, in the church. All right. So everything we listened to when we were kids was very clean, mm. you know. No 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 swearing. That's why you have satanistic. Uh, yeah, that's tattoos it. and yeah. <laughs> my mum thinks I'm good looking. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the Beach Boys was huge in my house because it was you know. Yeah, there was a few little um, mixed messages in there, but overall it was pretty clean and pretty tame, but, you know? But the question is, if you listen to the Beach Boys when you were younger, does that make you um, a Beatles man later on in your, your life? Or are you going, you know? Yeah. I, I never became a Beatles man, no. although they are really they have some close poppy tunes, you know? But I just yeah. didn't get into the Beatles. Now we we were talking about because we were talking about in our last podcast or yeah. the one before you and I just did uh, where Andrew had been to see Paul McCartney, and the Be- the Beatles for me are really like I really appreciate and respect them, but I never got into them. Uh, never never you know. I'm a Beatles man. Yeah yeah. Just this one song in the in the White Album, Happiness yeah. Is a Warm Gun, which I really think is. Good because song. the title is yeah. so good. <laughs> you don't expect it from them, you know. This no. kind of irony. No. You're like, okay, they're not, they're not twats. No, but it shows that they, they, they were sort of on different levels. Yeah. Already, even though they, you know, maybe what they were putting out was sort of, oh yeah, we've got to sell and you yeah, know, yeah. this, that, yeah. and the other. Got to, got to keep the business side of shit happening. Uh, give me a band from Belgium 
that you listened to when you were a teenager that I would not have heard of? Just, hey, hey, just your favorite. Your favorite. Now I'll give you the name of a band, uh, seeing that you like Metallica and, all, and yeah. we have a bit of the same style, um, which I, I haven't told you yet, uh, and it's a, it's a guitar band. Uh, it's called Amen Ra. Amen Ra. Amen Ra. Ra. Uh, you're the, the priest guy, you know, <laughs> the son of a preacher man. <laughs> Amen Ra. Ra. And it's cool. really, really good. It's I'll like uh, melodic. Uh, heavy guitar, really heavy, with a, a voice from the tomb, a tombstone voice. Does Ilya listen to that? Because no. it sounds familiar. No. He was rattling off a whole bunch of bands when we were talking with. Uh, we had dinner with um, Anton, our flatmate, and he was uh, down here, and they started going off on one over dinner about different bands and stuff like that. That they each knew, and I was <coughs> out of loop. Yeah. Okay, I had things to cook, so I just let them talk amongst themselves. But, um, yeah, I, find, I, find, I find it really um, interesting, though, with what you were saying about Nirvana and the, the conversations that we had with your friend from Brazil. Uh, Bernardo. Bernardo, when he was talking about Pearl Jam. Mm. In the, 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 the generation, of, our generation, we're, you know, we're sort of mid-40s, that worldwide... We all had very similar experiences, yeah. And the, you the, know, for, with that music in and that music white, in the white uh, uh, society, you know. Yeah. I mean, because with the, all, all my black friends, you know, Pearl Jam and all that. Yeah. All like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> they like it, you know. But but you know, it's different. But we, yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible. It's funny though you it's say that though, because when you, we, you, I've seen Dr. Dre talk about Nevermind, mm -hmm. and say that that's his favorite. Oh. Pro produce like in terms of producing, yeah. he said that's his favorite album. Yeah, you know, Butch Vig. Hey, Butch Vig. Butch Vig. Yeah, garbage. Yes. But do you remember that was a time of cop killer? They they yeah. can't do that song anymore. What, what uh, was Ice T Body Count. Oh, yeah. That was such a good album. Because you, you can buy that album without that song. Oh. They they cut that song. Yeah. Even even the downloads now from um, you know iTunes or whatever. To find a, a copy of that CD with that song still on it is like. Yeah. You know that's 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 rare because yeah, yeah he copped heaps of shit for that. Yeah, but when you hear him talk about it, it's it's um it's a different experience for for for, for those people. Mm. You know the the poor neighbourhoods they grew up with and and the, the fighting they had with the police and you know we we live in a sort of different different world to to what they do. And that song made sense to him at the time. So yeah, yeah, of course. It's hard to judge. Hard to judge people for that. Good song though. Yeah, it was. It was uh, really. Uh, I mean, what happened and in, in, in what I remember in the scene in uh, Belgium, or you know, in the, it's actually there's a new sound and it kind of influences your men mental construct and it's there because we mentally need it somewhere. Yeah. And it's the result of all the music that was there before. And when you suddenly see that it's some, it's a kind of driven beats very simple beats with an off singing uh, with some um, uh, false even false singing yeah you know like like the sonic youth where mm. that, but and then where where the fragility is uh, fragility of uh, man or humankind of, of certain problems is made strong yeah that's like i mean the hippies weren't doing that no they were they were they were giving out um, they were 
proposing the, the this nice this rounded feeling of being together yeah but here it's really like a very individual uh, resp uh, a response to a very individual feeling huh? the, this this whole and it, it's a little bit vulnerable making yourself a, like the music was a bit more vulnerable in terms of what came before it too you know yeah but it was still powerful as well oh that's, yeah that's yeah but, but i mean in terms of in terms of songwriting yeah, yeah. yeah. as opposed to totally. like you know she's my cherry pie or you know Fuck yeah, yeah i mean, I mean like, Kirk oh, Bain was the first guy I'm on stage gonna... with a with a with a dress yeah he was like Fuck, i don't who cares man yeah who fucking cares who's a worse or not this yeah. and that we're just here all the it. assholes think like that which yeah. is what we were all thinking when we were 17 18 heterosexuals but we had a fucking intelligent mind you know yeah and then we saw that they were telling the truth with i mean the songs of eddie vedder even if maybe you don't like the music the poetry is super, yeah. really good yeah the poetry of kurt cobain is really simple and good yeah and i mean there's so many other bands uh yeah. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, uh, and pumps. those are the big bands. I mean, yeah, they're the, they're the ones that we know about. There are so many others. Yeah. Uh, well, the, 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 the one that keeps getting overlooked from when we talk about grunge is, is Screaming Trees. Yeah. Oh, fantastic band. Yeah, and I, I, I overlook them a lot and I always go back to, you know, I think you gave me a few of their albums I put on my computer and it's just. They, they were there before Nirvana and they're still there after. You know, like oh, hundred percent. Mark <coughs> Lanigan. Thinks that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. He still tours out here. Yeah, right. He comes out every two years. Yeah. Plays the factory theatre. Yeah. Yeah, and I've still never seen him. <laughs> I know, and I said, oh, I must go to this time. Must I must go. go. Must What's go. he playing? He plays his stuff, that stuff, and yeah. uh, I don't know where he plays. Yeah. But I mean, Screaming Trees at that point were one of my favourite bands. Yeah. You know, and they weren't they they weren't getting the airplay that they should have. They were <coughs> but that's what I mean. A lot they, of their songs are ending up on movie soundtracks and stuff like that here yeah. and there. But they know. get missed in that conversation they too. They do get missed a lot in that yeah. conversation. The same with Mud Honey. But Mud Honey always gets the all they coined the grunge term. Yeah. You know? So that that's why they always get a mention. The screaming cheese just seem to be they just sort of when we're talking about mm. oh, the big bands of the early 90s, all the time. yeah, they were always constant. The but yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Band. Uncle Anesthesia. Uncle. Uncle Anesthesia. That's the name of their album. Very good album. Might listen to that on the way home. There you go. Yeah. Cool. But the one thing that's really strange is uh, uh, when you listen to a band, you don't. Uh, we're, we're, I think we're the first generation as well. Where we're not only influenced by the Im the music. Uh, but also, and that's what we said. I, I, I told bef you before when I saw the video. Yeah. I saw the video. Yeah. So we are also yeah. the first generation where the 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 met, uh, um, mimetic the mirroring, you know, the identification. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. also super important. Yeah. And and that's wow. And and I mean, and that's why it's 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 pretty strange for me personally, is that all. Uh, I mean, I used to be a, a, a lead singer in some bands, yeah. and that's because of all those other singers. But all those other singers, those grunge singers, they're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead. Yeah, all the ones I I, I like, you know, like the, the the guy from Alice in Chains. Yep, Lane Stanley, uh, Chris Cornell, uh, Kurt Cobain. The guy from Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, it's whatever you think of him. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all uh, Jeff Berkeley. Yeah, even though he's like oh. sort of. Still part, verge, but he's still same, part of that scene. Same, yeah. uh, Chris Whitley. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's a, a, an American who lived a lot in Belgium. Now tell me, because we're, 
we were discussing this in the car yesterday with Stone Temple Pilots that uh, Scott Whelan died and yep. then he was replaced by Chester Bennington. I think so. Who came from... Who was from Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Yeah. Thank you. Lincoln Park. But he, then, he died. No, he killed himself. Yeah, killed him. yeah. Uh, he, he was good he friends was with Chris Cornell with Chris and Cornell. The, yeah. the depression from, well... I'm sure it wasn't just that, but it was a catalyst point that, yeah. you know... It was only three, two, three months after, after Chris. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So and they, they had this, so I sent you that, you see, watch that video I sent you the link for. Perry. I, I, I didn't, I, yeah. I, I it's all so over. All, the, whole, the whole thing's on YouTube, because they had a Chris Cornell tribute concert the other night. Yeah, with Perry Farrell singing Perry with Perry Farrell was singing, with, singing an audio slave song with, uh, so he played with Tom Morello and Brad Wilk, and I don't oh, know who the bass player was. Stop it. But there, there's some... Uh, Metallica does a set they do a couple of Soundgarden songs the Soundgarden play with all can you find it on internet it's on YouTube on YouTube he sent me the link when we were driving back yesterday and I was like oh yeah must look at that and I haven't yeah Perry Perry Farrell Robert Trulio from Metallica and Infectious Groove Suicidal Mm. Tense he's he's playing bass on a lot of the stuff Mm. Um, yeah Metallica do their own set Soundgarden do their own set Um, Audio Slave do their own set and then there's a whole lot of guests guest guys and, and girls that come up and sing and you know some of them are <laughs> did you hear yeah, that yeah, did you? Yeah. <laughs> let's do it again yeah, wait let's yeah, do it all yeah. together some of them are <laughs> <laughs> well because look rusty <laughs> listen apart from the man in black rusty cage if you're playing it the sound garden way it's such an iconic song if you don't sing yeah. it right it's mm-hmm. gonna and I can't. I don't even know who it was that was singing it, but she fucked it up. And it mm. was like you could tell she didn't know the song because she had one she had a lyric sheet in front of her, oh, and two. It. And what's the? Uh, is it? Um, it's not Jack Irons. Who's the the drummer from Soundgarden? Plays with Pearl Jam as well. Um, it's oh, not an easy song. Kurt the Cameron, drumming and the Dave? bass. Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. So he was singing, and she kept looking to him for cues to where the changes were. And okay, yeah, but. You think if you were that much of a fan, right, that you were coming to to sing at Chris Cornell's tribute concert, you'd know the fucking song. You're not ready. You'd know. You'd, you'd know it down. Like, and you'd know the the changes. Like, yeah, you know, like uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too judgmental, you know, and possibly, but yeah, I don't know. No, but it's, know. it's it's about an artist knowing their craft. And I was thinking, Gally once, my friend Gally, musician, does yep. cover gigs, does his own original stuff, and he. There was a band in Maribel at the time, uh, Four Play, and basically a girl, it was her birthday, they'd ask the covers band, say, oh, you know, can you sing this song? She'd ask for some Four Play. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> you had him at Four Play. <laughs> but the friends had asked, could you, could you guys sing this song? It's our friend's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah not a problem. No, no, no. Gally's here, he's watching, he said, you know, the lead singer got there, and it's, a, it's about an artist knowing his craft. He should yeah. be well-versed. If it's on your list, you should know it. Yeah. He said he serenaded this girl whilst holding the lyric sheet in front of him Yeah. and singing from the lyric sheet. To her. And he said it was such an awkward moment, not just for him, but for everybody in the crowd just going to, like, he's reading it reading off the script it. and doing it really badly. He wasn't even singing. Yeah. He was basically reading it. Yeah. But they had it on their list. And, oh, yeah, we can do that. No problem. And Gally said, you know, an artist should always know their craft. And I mean, you know this as an artist being an actor. If you walked in to do a rehearsal or a line reading, you go prepared. Like today. Yeah. 
Just well, like today, I'm totally prepared for this. No, no, no. no. no, no the, this is the point of today. We yeah. don't want you prepared. We just want you to be you. No, but, no. you know, you can agree if... if Who you, am I? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> I've been asking myself that for 26 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not me. Not you. Who you. Oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. You're only 26, bro. I know, I'm oh, good, don't good, I? Mate, good. Well, uh, actually, last week I got sent uh, three times the same text message about a... Um, uh, an article from somewhere on the internet saying that um, people who see gigs uh, th- uh, three three to four times a month live seven years longer. I say. I'm gonna start coming out with you. Yeah, but, exactly. No, no, yeah, but that's because because you you just drink more. <laughs> so what that's what they I'm, say people I'm, that I'm, drink I'm, live seven years longer yeah, right so I'm more pickled yeah, preserved than actually it, getting it, anything it, from it, the gigs it's the alcohol that's just sustaining you through well my reply to them was yeah okay my secret's that I'm actually 105 <laughs> don't tell anybody <laughs> oh dear I didn't even have to read the article you've got to send that to Bill though yeah, yeah you said thanks Bill you're keeping thanks, me alive you're, keep you're keeping me young keeping me young and, and how does it come you got that message three times three different people sent it to me I, so they're, they're trying well, to no, give you a, a no. message or something. No, no, no. no, no, no. Stop thinking you're old. No, no, no. no, no, no. Why is that? Why is that? What they're saying is because Sorry. I'm throughout all my friends. I'm yeah. known as the gig pig because I go to that many gigs. Like in a month, like four gigs a month. Come on, man. That'd be my minimum. I get to go just watching your Instagram though. That's how I do it. <laughs> Unless there's someone I really want to see. Yeah, and then he comes. <laughs> Can you get me tickets? Primus is coming. Let's go. Come on. Exactly. Don't make me go see Alison Chains again. I can't bear it. No, no, I'm going. If but I can't. Yeah. What about that? I saw it on uh, on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I saw that one on internet with a new singer. Yeah. And I'm like, my God. It's not the same. Why don't they? I oh, know, man. No. Look, I understand it, you need the money. I understand you need the money, but why don't you just start a new band with a new name? You know, yeah. why do you have to? Why do you have to do that? That's like yeah. against against something, and un- un- invisible. You know, but but see, it works for some. I mean, you got to look at bands. It works for who, man? It works for who? ACDC. It works for their wallet. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, ACDC. That's, you know, I mean, example. after. They got rid of Brian and went on to Axel. I mean, no, 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 no. no. That you, didn't you, work. you only got to clip that conversation, only has to be Bon Scott and, and um, what's his name? Brian, Brian Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. That's it, it. It's it, the everything only else after that's works. like, it doesn't matter. No, know? it doesn't matter. But, no. you know, it does work for that. They would, they yeah, would but continue. Yeah, I mean, the singer of, of Alice in Chains is. I know. But it's surprising, though, that when you listen to the, the newer stuff, right? Here we go. That. Um, Jerry Cantrell's vocals, how much they even carried Lane Stanley's vocals, because his harmonies make that sound. Oh yeah, yeah and he know. writes a lot of the material. He writes m- m- most of the material. Yeah, there, there's another band with that 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 the same singer, the new singer from from Alice. Oh, well, I say new singer. It's been twelve years, but the new singer from he's Alice in Chains. He's the new he's, guy. He will always, he'll always be, be the, the new, new guy. Singer, yeah. um, What's his name? I don't know. He's in another band called uh, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, which is with the guitar, one of the guitarists from Mastodon. Um, they did an album, 
18 months ago. Yeah. Went to tour it, couldn't tour it. The guy from the guitarist broke his leg, so they couldn't do it. Oh. But when you listen to that, he's he's a good singer. Mm. Like he's 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 definitely got got the chops. I understand what like with, with what you're saying in terms of. Yeah, but there's something. Yeah, because you know the the voice is like the expression of, of something hidden. Yeah. We, we, and it's the truth that comes out. And there's like this, this sort of you know like like when you you, you have a minor a minor yeah. key. Yeah. It's the minor. It's the hook of the table. You know. Yeah. It's the yet. It's the the crack in the pot. Yeah. And which uh, which made the voice of Elise and Chase. Well, it made the whole. It made that whole he, sound. He just but then we, we, we pressed so much power in that. The other thing, and one of the reasons I was attracted to Alice in Chains when I was a kid, was the bass. Was sound. your death wish? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jesus! Um, <laughs> was yeah. the was the bass sound right? Mm. So they have a different bass player from what played on on the original albums. The original guy was Mike Starr. Um, mm. it, and you know he was a heroin addict as well, same as Lane. He died a few years. Ago. I mean, you, well, okay, you, so he. You, sorry, he, just just let me before you go off on that story. Does it make a difference when it's a different guitarist or a bass player, to the same extent? Because to to me it, it does and it doesn't because it's a different player. And when you listen to Jane's Addiction without Eric Avery, it's definitely a different band. Oh, absolutely! You know? for me, for me, you can do you can do Alice in Chains with a guitar player and a singer. Yeah, but you can't do it without Chili Peppers, for instance. No. without a bass player. Without Flea, you couldn't or, do it. No, you know that's it. All yeah, depends, on, it what, depends what, on the what, band. Yeah, yeah. If, if yeah. You're, you're more of a funk slapping, you know, I mean, well, he, 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 is, he is that he is that band in terms of their sound. Mm. It revolves around him. Yeah, because they've had because the voice, guitars, the voice you know? of, uh, of, uh, of Lane uh, is almost working as an old, an old bass, which is a cello. Yeah, you know, he's like a cello. Yeah, gets that gets that yeah. harmony in. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. though, that Jerry's lyrics, that, that sorry, his vocals that come over the top of that harmony, mm. are still there. You know, so when when we saw them a couple of years ago, it's not the same. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, say that because it's definitely. But it was still good to see. It was still good to see those songs. It was still good to watch Jerry play. Yeah. And it, it, it's as close as it's going to get. You know, to to recapture that. Sounds so much like a, a death. Uh, you know, like a going to. It's actually almost like being together with the guys. You know, being yeah. like, likewise people and going like, yeah. The band is dead, but we're still like yeah. You know, remember, it's a bit of a reunion. Yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah. And I'm like, oh. and that you know what that 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 feeling of that we're remembering is one of the reasons that I wanted to start doing this podcast in the first place. Is 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 the the, the remembering of those times and 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 keeping that energy alive that I had when I was that age, mm. and the passion that I had for music then, you know, and and and. And, and these conversations that we can have and the stories and the different uh, views on, on the music um, of that time and, and, and of, that, of that time and how it affected our lives. It's, you know, one of the reasons I'm really enjoying doing this and, you know, mm. getting different different perspectives on it, you know? Mm. Yeah. So on that mic start, yeah. Yeah. So I can't remember where I was, but it was a late night. Dr. Drew? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, didn't he apologise to he his apologi- mum? He apologised to the Stanley family, saying yeah. it's my fault. And they tried to say, it's not your fault. And he couldn't get away from the guilt from it. And yeah. then it wasn't long after that. No, he was like, I think I think we, we had that, we spoke about it just after he died and you yeah. were telling me that, that you'd seen that. Yeah, know? it was heavy. It was yeah. heavy to hear him be interviewed about. And he was in a bad way then. I mean, yeah. you're coming into rehab, you're not clean. No. And um, No, well, if it's celebrity rehab, you're, you're really not clean. Yeah. And on, and on bands that had um, tried to move on with different singers but do something different, as you were saying, like, you know, why get a new singer and do the same thing? And, and why not get a new band and, or a new singer and do a completely new thing? <clears throat> One that comes to mind, Blind Melon, uh, after Shannon Hoon died of a cocaine overdose. Oh, that's the band you were listening to in, when we met. Oh, yeah. In the 90s. Oh, look, Blind, yeah, Blind, Blind Melon, Melon, I think, yeah. are uh, one of the most understated bands. I mean... Lyrically, he was he was a modern poet for mine. Uh, it was it was very introvert. The things that he spoke about, very you know, very deep, hidden very well in his poetry. You really got to listen to that. But backed up by a great band, yeah, you know, mm. really great band. And that band said, "Okay, we're not going to do Blind Melon." They got a new singer. I can't remember his name, and they formed a band called uh, Unified Theory. And they released one album, and it was, you know, as the guitarist at the time, they will be badgered by the media saying, I oh, you know, who's this new guy? Is it the new Blind Melly? Is it the new Shannon Hearn? And I said, well, no, we're taking it in a completely different direction. I mean, this guy can take a phone book and, and make it sound good. Yeah. He sings so well. And, uh, and, and I'm, That scares I'm, me. That scares me. Because I'm like, yeah. yeah. But well, I mean, no, 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 like, a great album. Yeah. One off album, but the pressure from the media and the fans who expected Blind Melon, yeah. they imploded. Yeah. And fuck knows where they are now. No, probably happy. <laughs> Riding on the coattails of, yeah, of, yeah. of royalties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. uh, there was a great article from Rolling Stone magazine. I can't remember the writer, but uh, on they did a tribute album after his death for all the proceeds to go to his sole daughter, Nico yeah. Blue. And um, it was kind of uh, stuff that hadn't been released down to the point of uh, stuff that Shannon Hoon had recorded on answering machines, rung up, you know, the bass player and said, oh, you know, got a new song. And played down the phone and had it recorded on it. They used that recording on the album just to really, like, say, you know, this guy was just constantly going and flowing and artistically you know, expelling everything that was inside him. He couldn't yeah. stop. He was a hyperactive person, ADD probably, and just, he, you know, like cocaine, which yeah. is not going to help someone with ADD. You're already <laughs> fucking up here. Why do you want to go all the way up there at the top? <laughs> only, but only happy when the world's number in blue emotion. <laughs> exactly. On top of the world. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know... <laughs> I think the pressures of media and, and public just force that band out. But I mean, yeah. came up with a great new singer, came up with complete. I, I think it's also just. I mean, it's it's really uh, um, what they're uh, singing about at that time of life. It's not only society and, and the media. I mean, when you look at when you look at Jim Morrison, what he was writing about, and how he was writing it, you can find it almost that same energy with guys like Kurt Cobain and. And all those things, and I think it's because they're between they're very active between two worlds, between this world of truth that we never talk about it out loud, and 
the world as it is and yeah. it's just the world as it is when you're in touch with those truths and you have to live them day by day are really hard yeah and that's why my that's my theory that's why in the middle of the 90s you had a f that's when dance music starts to come up really hard because it was it was going into a vert there was so much truth and so much uh, difficult beauty to handle that it was becoming physically um, difficult for, for, for grunge lovers and mm. grunge makers and, and the human body and the, the, the human body needed dance music mm. and that's what happened in the mid of the 90s you know it started earlier of course yeah. but, but that's I mean in the 90s you have for me you have grunge and dance music yeah. and that's it and that's what those, with th those two together you can live you know but as soon as you have only grunge with alcohol and pills you just it's the same with the other one yeah if you have only dance you just become a, a stupid jock you know with, with no um, no inner language uh, but, but you know so like a, like the a, 90s are really like a balance between fantasy and reality you know because the dance music is I don't know your view on it but it, it is a, f a fantasy you know you, you you have your pills or whatever and you, you let your imagination go and you get into that real sort of tribal yeah, it's that repetitive it's super motion good for the organism. Oh right? yeah, it's yeah. Your mojo, you just. I mean, look, I can't, I can't dance unless I have a bass. Decorate. But you know, like it, 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 you go to a rave or what? You exult, you know. It's like the old rituals. Yeah, the old rituals of <laughs> that, re the, that repetitive drum that, that really just gets into your head. Yeah, you yeah, spelling. Yeah, and like you said before, the the, the about uh, melon, um, blind melon. You know, the introspection, the, the internal, the the look inside, I think those two are really uh, good, you know? Yeah. They're really, uh, I mean, the level of writing is really impressive in the 90s. I still think. Yeah. I mean, yesterday we went to see Memphis and Sons. I like it. But, you know? Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I, but, but I, I, I can go like, wow, wow. On the way home last night, you said, I, I want to look up a few of those songs because I want yeah, to yeah. understand the lyrics better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got, uh, yeah. English not being your first language, yeah. you came home when we came in, you went off to your room, I came in here, I walked past to go to the bathroom, and you were downloading Mumford and Sons, and you were listening to Wild Mind the Albums, and I know you were doing it to understand lyrically oh, yeah, what they were talking about from the evening that we just spent. Yeah, of but course. Of course. I, I can agree 100%. The level of lyric writing in the 90s in comparison to now mm. but i do feel it with uh, this uh what you made me listen to it gang of youth uh, or was it hansard i don't know one of those i think it was gang of youth gang the of youth. The, the, the album where i told you oh they feel they they, they listen uh, this is yeah. more mature more mature and, and yeah, the writing exactly. is really like wow this is yeah uh, yeah david uh i think i'm saying it right david i'm really sorry don't come after me Take it's, some beer. It's French Polynesian. Yeah. Pepe. Yeah. I'm not slurring it. Not yet. <laughs> Is that our first fart? In studio fart. Well, Love it. I'm, at least I'm not downwind from it. No, no, no. But I will refresh my beer. <laughs> Do you think he's drunk? Not yet. Not yet. No. Right. Go, 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 go. No, no, no. I'm on my... He's smiling. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll I mean, you you're... Know, a, you're I'll let you know when I'm lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Damn. Uh, you're, uh, you're a bass player. What, what, what kind of uh, bass song do you uh, do you cover? You like to uh, what song do you like to cover? 
not uh, we, we talked about this before um, I don't like to do covers I like to write my own stuff yeah, I like to listen to, to a lot of different people yeah. but then when I come to playing I just play what I want to play yeah. um, because I mean look when you're learning you learn other people's things to get your chops mm. and to learn different techniques and, and this that and the other but um, I didn't play I had a period of about 10 years where I didn't pick up a bass at all because mm. I've been playing in, in pubs and stuff since I was 15 and I got to about 30 and you know, I have kids and I didn't want to play in bands anymore I'd had enough of fucking schlepping shit to, and getting paid 20 bucks when I was spending 40 bucks on fuel just to get there you know like I had a gut full so I just I put it away I packed it away for 10 years and it's only been in the last sort of 3 or 4 years I've got my bass out again and I just write into my computer you know, garage band or whatever, yeah. and um, and I just play what I want. I don't I don't try to. My whole drive from from the when I started playing, even from when I was like fifteen, was to find a sound that was mine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I had lessons, but I didn't like. I don't know scales. I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're, this, that. You I weren't was, into music to. Uh, earn your dollar and make no, your money it, it would have, it would it have been nice like a companion a companion for a for a search a search a ser- well I want to yeah. find a different angle I want to I want to sit where I want to sit where Mike Starr hmm. and Les Claypool meet with Flea in the middle Ooh. so I, I want to get I want to be able to do that and chords but with the sound of Mike Starr and the funk feel of Flea hmm and be able to do any of that right, yeah, yeah. you know and then but then in in combat combining all of those sounds then find my sound through the middle of it whether or not i do that i, I don't <laughs> know because it's hard without without sort of giving yeah. it you've got to give it to someone else and say what do you think and you sort of have to be vulnerable like we we're talking about know, vulnerability, I, vulnerability yeah. before you've got to be vulnerable enough to go tell me what you think and be ready for them to say it's not very good you know, like, and, and so I'm, I'm sort of getting to that, that stage. I'm all, I've got about 15 songs I've been working on the last sort of 18 months. Yeah. Where I want to get to a point where it's maybe 10 just instrumental tracks that sound nice together. Mm. So I'm in a process at the moment where I'm sort of giving them to people and saying, tell me what you think. And it's a bit nerve wracking, you know, because it's whether or not, okay, have, have I succeeded in, in all the things that I did where people were saying you should do this and I was going fuck you no I don't want to do it I want to do mm. it this way yeah. um, and whether or not I, I succeeded in doing that so, so and, yeah. and, and how do you uh, you just you just uh, jam uh, open the, the press record and jam and oh, then pretty and much keep what, I, what, keep I, what, I, what you, you like or you really go into writing uh, composing uh, I, do, I do go into composing but gen- usually it's it's from one idea Mm. So I'll, I'll put a, a met like a metronome or just put a beat yeah. on on the computer and then just plug in and play mm. and see what happens. Mm. Um, normally for me, my best stuff is done intuitively. The best stuff that I write yeah, yeah. Yeah. is when I'm not thinking about it. If if I go in, say if I go, okay, today I'm going to write a love song. I can't write like that. I can't mm. go in with a with a predetermined idea. If I go in with a predetermined idea. 99 times out of 100 it'll be shit it'll be a hit song <laughs> it'll be terrible when I go in like a, the, uh, the last the last thing I, re- I, I recorded I did a song 
part of it's in like seven seven eight, so it's in a bit of an odd time signature. Mm. Um, I, my wife was we were getting ready to go to the beach. She was getting changed. I've just picked up my bass and I played something. Oh, fuck. Then when we got back to the beach, I played it again. I remembered it. That's good. I remembered it. It must be good if I played it once, and then two hours later I picked up the bass and I could play it again straight away. Then it, then it must be good. Mm. Um, and then so I put that down and then I wrote a change for it then I wrote another change for it and then I put all the guitars down and I overdubbed 10-12 different guitar lines and then I spent the last four weeks mixing it and bringing parts in and parts out and, right. and, and doing that you know so and right, so, so you should uh, when, you're, when you're finished with your uh, 15 songs you should I think make Andrew listen uh, to yeah, it and then well, you should it. have like a, and, and maybe some some other people well, that's and I'm then have like a big meeting moment. a big podcast with a with everybody hacking <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's a devil in me yeah. sorry. hacking onto your songs and then just go like well, yeah actually, okay I, I, guys I spoke, spoke to your message your brother last week and said can I send you some stuff and he's going to listen to it with um, Buddha yeah, they're gonna have a listen to it and get some feedback and I'll send I send stuff to my brother, I've got to send stuff to Andrew as well and just see where it's at, see if it's any good. Because it's hard to judge, you know. It's like a good band's name. Send yeah. stuff. That's it. Send, send stuff. stuff. S S yeah. wonderful. You can uh, double S's on your T shirt. S S send stuff. So yeah. <laughs> and we'll see we'll see what happens. Because that's the you know yeah. it's always the hard thing and whether you're a writer or musician or when you're putting stuff down it's really easy in your own head to see everything that's behind it and not just the one page yeah you know and then and then to 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 give that to someone else and say can you see the 10 15 levels behind it or do you just see this and it's not very good Mm. that's that's the sort of stage i'm at now you know so i give it to give it to andrew or give it to his brother or give it to my brother and is is that good? Do you think that's good? Do you like it when you listen to it? Because you know? mm-hmm. I can't give it to my wife or to my kids because they hear me writing it. So they hear it over and over and over and over. So they're sort of like, yeah, fuck, we've listened to that already. You know, leave me alone. I can only use them as a sounding board so much, you know? Like, so, fingers crossed. You know, with the, if right. I get get ten good tracks and then yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll look at... at you can WhatsApp it, it uh, to Belgium and uh, I'll give you some... Uh, some constructive uh, yeah. criticism. I'll, I'll email you some I'm stuff. into positive uh, thinking, so... Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Sorry, we were just chatting amongst ourselves. <laughs> well, you keep <laughs> on drinking. You keep yeah, on drinking. No, no, it's it's uh, for you to talk because uh, <coughs> I've, I've heard uh, that people are, um, you know, that listen to your podcast know that the last 10 minutes of the show are dedicated to your slurring. <laughs> so... Oh, well, you better finish that quick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm nearly there. Nearly there? Yeah, That's I'm good. nearly there. This That's is a really good beer. Thank you. It is. Yeah, it it's made by monks. It's made by monks. Yeah, it's a it four, 400, 500 years old recipe. Oh, it's is fucking it, amazing. There's a bit of Jesus in that, in that beer, mate. So I tell you what, I nearly feel like JC. <laughs> <laughs> having an epiphany. Having oh, an epiphany. Oh, my God. I could walk on water. <laughs> I think that's that's... Just about everything. Anything else you wanted to discuss? Well, I'm not finished my beer yet, so we're not finished. Oh. Um, Anything else you wanted to ask Tebow while he's here? I want to talk about 10-foot overdose. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I never got to see you guys play live, mm. but just, I mean, look, it was a, it was an early stage for you becoming an artist. When, when I met you, you were a business major at VUB. Mm. Uh, as our, you know, friendship grew along over the years, you moved from a business major into philosophy major. Mm. I know your parents wanted you to go to do the business major, and then once you finished that and accomplished that and made the doctor happy, you said, I want to do something for myself, and you did philosophy for mm. two years? Yeah, I did, um, no, I did my bachelor in one year. You did your bachelor in one year? Yeah. And, what, and, and, and that was during a period that you were working with uh, Manu, your friend? Yeah. Good friend of ours? Yeah. Yours? Mine yeah. too. Uh, and you had 10 Foot Overdose, which was a band. I mean, it was more of a side project for you. A release more than anything. I mean, you played a couple of gigs around uh, Surface Paradise in Belgium. Just <laughs> take that into your minds right there. Surface <laughs> Paradise in Belgium. Well, on the coast of Belgium, uh, near Knock. This is like the happy slapping out. <laughs> the town is. Go on, Ed, go on. No, I'm not. I'm Bring I'm, it to Daddy. I'm, 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 I'm yeah, yeah, it's it's on the coast. It's on a sixty mile long coast of Belgium where we have only wind waves so we don't have swells we have wind wind waves it's, it's in the channel between it's in the channel so the, the channel. water is is brown gray sand is black green sand is not black but it's not far off yeah. <laughs> but you guys used to play around do a few gigs we were yeah then. west coast you know west coast guy musicians we played in brussels a couple of times and actually, the, the second year we met up in France, we had uh, two or three gigs, and uh, I kind of called him and told him I was staying longer to surf. And that was the end of my career as a singer of that band. But they're still playing. Still they're playing? Still yeah. playing, yeah, yeah. We, we had one, one hit song, and we still had the whole village singing along to uh, Circles in My Head. But, uh, can we find this somewhere? Is it out no, there? No, not, not that that song. But but you can you can check out. Uh, I think Manu is uh, doing some uh, some. S he's got two or three recordings on on YouTube. Ten foot overdose, which is sort of melodic, grunge pop rock, whatever stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, I got I got kind of uh, the older I got, it was for me. Uh, it wasn't the direction I wanted to take with uh, with my music. But the last concert I gave was um, was in 2010, which is a long time ago. Uh, and it was I did a I did a sort of um, I did six songs uh, on my guitar, and after that I I, uh, I was actually the pre-show of an of a show I organized, and after that I invited uh, local uh, musicians of. Uh, of Brussels, all guys I knew, and I always asked them to, and I kind of directed them. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, uh, one guy never s uh, sang in his life, so I made him sing, and I asked him to write a song about it, a, a specific topic I know he has a problem with. Another one, I made him change instrument, but they all had to do a solo project. It all had, okay. all. And so I had about uh, 13, 14 uh, singers, and I presented them in a sort of Jules Holland way, uh, in, 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 the, in the space with the story of why and uh, how we got to know each other why uh, I why they did this song 
what was I mean what's their relationship to me and why is this the theme of this song and so and people could follow like a whole uh, you know a, a whole tragic a whole uh, a trip mm -hmm. of music and uh, that was the last uh, the last big musical uh, feast I did mm. but at the time when you were doing Ten Foot Overdose and you're doing all the other things was it your would you say a beginning of your artistic release? Yeah, yeah. It was the start because it, uh, for me, as we've known, great. We, we've, we've first known concert we broke, uh, we broke two windows and <laughs> and they were like uh, there were like some some bloody noses and and uh, one guy had his uh, ribs one rib broken. Oh, yeah, yeah, successful was, gig. Yeah, it was cool. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was overdose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did. We did our. T we did. Uh, we had eleven songs, mm. and by the time we finished them, uh, people was just sitting because because they weren't used to the, the the sound and 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 whatever we were proposing. And at the eleventh song, we said, "Well, it's finished." And they they all just stood up and started screaming and everything. We had yeah. to do the whole thing all over again. So we just. <laughs> We just did the eleven songs again, yeah. And it's during that second time we played that it all just went berserk, yeah. But the f just eleven, can you imagine eleven yeah. songs? People just going, "What do we have to do with this? What is this? What? Oh, well, oh. and then it's over and like, yeah. and they they just stand up, stood up, and yeah. started screaming, <coughs> screaming and all. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it, man. So now I'm just waiting for uh, some more time to get some money out of a movie project and uh, and and disappear somewhere for two three months and just write music. Yeah. Just try it and do stuff uh, stuff I know I want to play uh, 100, 200, 400, 500 times. Yeah. I remember. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Just to to have something that I can, and I, I have this feeling now of continue working, but it's. I remember, uh, and you, you probably won't remember this, but I. One thing I have is a fantastic memory for. Just little things that. Don't make any sense, but I remember we were um, we were riding the metro, in Brussels, yeah. uh, heading into the town for whatever, and um, it was, it was around the time when you were finding your creativeness, mm. finding your artisticness, and you were starting to think about, you know, is it going to be music? Is it going to be, you know, acting? And, and we were talking about this, and we were stood on the, you know, on the metro going in, and it was making the noise, of, and you turned to me and said, do you hear that? I was like, it's a train. He's like, no, no. And was I on drugs that day? No, no, we weren't. No, we were on our way to probably have were drugs. Were you on drugs? No, no. <laughs> I think we're on our way. And what did I? You always remember but, strange stuff. Uh, well, and then what did it. I say? Oh, do but, you? Well, what this you said is to the me, rhythm. You said to me, "Can you hear all that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I can hear, you know, the sound of the exactly." But you were making it into a tune and a melody, and you explained it to me what you were hearing in your mind. I was like, "Fuck, I, I can hear all that, but I don't hear it like you do." And I think that's the difference between, you know. A normal person as myself walking around blind not paying attention to people who channel in their inner artists and hear and listen and think i mean you've basically written a song in your head from the sounds of the metro over 12 stops mm. and you had it you know and we got off the train you're like oh, i can still uh, hear good it old days 
Good old days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, it was okay. just one of those things. and it was, yeah. it, it, it was one of those moments that I felt in our life where you'd really opened up to me and expressed that inner artist and said, like, this is what I hear in my head. I can hear this. And you were you explained it to me so well that I could actually hear it then. Mm. And it's just, uh, like I said, it's the difference between a person like me who doesn't channel into things like that musically because I'm deaf. Um, what? Well, I have no talent for music. I'd cut this finger off to play bass like him right now. Do I need this finger to play no, bass? No. no, I don't. Not okay. if you're playing right-handed, you sweet. Okay. Because so <laughs> mine looks like cut, that. Right? Yeah, I, That's my fucked up one, so yeah. I don't need it. I would cut this finger off to be able to play bass like him. But I don't have that in me. He has it in him. You have it in you to hear and see and feel and smell different things that's, you know, going on in society that, you know, bring things, you know, the sound of a train and the hum of people talking. You made it into a song in your head by the time we got off that metro. Mm. So it was just impressive to me. It's right. cool. Nice to. What are you saying is you're very best. impressive man, so that's good. That's not what he said when I put this t-shirt on. <laughs> I'm not going out with you with that. No, 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 I didn't. I, no, 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 I didn't say that. I, I was going to wear my um, my short sleeve blue uh, shirt with pink flamingos on it when you turned up in the uh, ir- iridescent yellow shirt and black tight jeans. I thought, no, we're heading into Anmore. That's sending out the wrong message. <laughs> Two blonde, blue-eyed guys walking down the street, one in pink flamingos, the other one. Did, did, uh, did you hear those those deep, deep uh, anxieties? The homophobic of, of roots Andrew, were coming through yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Ah, Come on, it's Newtown, man. <laughs> like, if wherever you're going to be ex- accepted, it's Newtown. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we couldn't even get a table at the little uh, wine bar to have our lob- lobster bisque together. <laughs> well, that's worse than a flamingo shirt. Lobster bisque, come on. Mm. Delicious. It is delicious, <laughs> exactly. If the shirt looks good, who fucking cares, man? Who cares? Anyway, that was my little last point that I wanted to bring up. Oh, beautiful. All right, but I hope you guys can check out some uh, some of the bands I told you about. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Baltazar, Soul Wax, the beginning of it, the first album, Soul Wax. Puppy Rock, but it's really fun. And yeah. what was that one? And Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Let's enjoy that one. In the company yeah. of God, yeah, or, or some other yeah. album. Uh, I'll check so for everyone, we'll, we'll put that up on our socials. Yeah. And yeah. of course, like, Deus, Deus uh, is Deus? the band you we got to know each other on. I mean, Deus is like Deus. the ideal crash and, oh. and uh, Sutton Soda. And, I mean, uh, the the first album, uh, Sutton Soda, mm. blew me away. And I think we, I talked about this earlier in the early days of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I remember reading the review from uh, Kerrang Music in, right. in London, yeah. and and basically the writer said. Well, Deus, they're art wank. But being a massive fan of art and wanking, <laughs> they're an incredible band that you need to go out and listen to right now. And I was like, fuck, that's, you know what? That's, that's how you write a review. That's Bang. It. You do it like that. It's sold. Know? It's sold. Yeah. You know? And this is after I knew about them. And, and uh, I think one of my, um, well, one of my all-time best gigs, uh, you took me to the Botanic in Boussaz. As a surprise, I turned up. You know, I, I used to roll up on, uh, on on Tebow like a day away, give him a phone call, leave yeah. a message, and say, oh, "Look, I'm coming to Brussels tomorrow. Um, 
hope you're around because you're going to be on your doorstep <laughs> about five o'clock and I'd, I'd just roll up and, and I'd be there and we'd hang out and uh, we'd, we'd drink wine and talk like we've talked today and uh, but on this one occasion uh, Deus were playing and he got me right into them and we went and saw them and I think you had um, something to do and you left me at the gig you couldn't stay you had something due for the VUB the next day the university yeah. so you had to leave and you left me there uh, knowing that I was going to be seeing you know uh, the tail end of that gig was phenomenal it was the band was building up to their big crescendo one of their big songs because they're big band a lot yeah. of players massive thing and they basically had a dance troupe on stage led by a transvestite in a gold sequence dress that was fire breathing over the top of the crowd <laughs> and I'm there by myself just going what the fuck is going on I mean and, and the whole place just stopped basically it's just a Belgian party it's it was really just you know it was it was unbelievable it really blew my mind to well, you get that kind of beer you were drinking this kind of get beer get some matches exactly and, and, and the, the party. but the crossover of music to performance art yeah you know it was full spectrum I, it, the visual was as good as the music you know I think we missed that a little bit in Australia in, just in terms of like the we can go we can go into this at another time but the it's interesting to hear you talk about and to hear you talk about the, those experiences that and when you talk about the gang of youths and their their songwriting mm. there's not many bands australian bands that go that deep no you know like there's a the, it's a it's an odd, we have an odd culture here where it, you know, if you weren't a, like in the eighties and early nineties, if you weren't ACDC, if you weren't AC, but if you weren't ACDC, right, yeah. and you went any deeper artistically than that, you're yeah. a fucking wanker, and no one wanted to know about you. Oh yeah. And it wasn't. And when you were talking about before the vulnerability with the writing that came through in the nineties, mm. I think that's why it, one of the reasons here it took off so much, because it's a, it's a completely different sort of way of viewing your art. You know, because yeah. to view before that, no, you're in a band. It's not art. It's different. Yeah. You know, like it's whereas it, it, allowing yourself that artistic expression, you're either seen as a dickhead or, you know, a, a ponce. You know, like so. Kiss my what? <laughs> Kiss my, my art. art. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think that's about everything, bro. Yeah. Um, Tivo, my old friend, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. It's yeah, been really such a pleasure. It. Thank really you so much. Um, yeah. <clears throat> for anyone out there that wants to uh, check out on our socials, which are Zyola yeah, Podcast. Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, Podcast at yahoo.com. Send us some... Uh, Pick us up on all the mistakes that we make because there's a few. Yeah, plenty yeah. of mistakes. Yep, yeah, that's um, all right. We'll also have links to our guests. Uh, if you want to look up uh, Thibaut Vanderbilt. Uh, doing some great stuff in the theatre and film uh, in Europe at the moment. Uh, yeah. Check him out. He's a good friend of mine, I know, so I'm a bit biased, but uh, yeah. he does some good stuff. And we yeah. thank you for coming yeah. in today. Thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. it. Cheers. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Oh, wait, did I press record? I fucking hope so. <laughs>
check out our Instagram, at Zoyola Podcast, upcoming guests, little highlights, little bits of video and stuff. Um, if you want to drop us a line, please do. Please do. Send us an email, zoyolapodcast at yahoo.com. Pick us up on some mistakes. Uh, remember, though, Zoyola is spelt with an X, not a Z. Generation X. Generation X. Um, but yeah, look, we're open to all feedback. Um, if you give us a follow on Instagram, we'll give you automatic follow back. Just because that's the lovely guys that we are. So lovely. So lovely. Very happy. Um, look, if you want to be a guest, you know of someone that wants to be a guest, you like what we're doing, you just want to say g'day, just drop us a line. We'll, we'll read everything, try and get back to you if we can, and uh, hopefully give you a shout out if possible. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.